Hello, everyone. Welcome to Her Journey Podcast, where we talk with incredible, talented, and powerful women about their experiences. My name is Aline, and I'm your host. And today, I'm joined with Melissa, the founder and director of Org Power. And I'm also joined here with May, the educational resource director at Org Power, and a woman proud to have cerebral palsy. Um, all right. Yeah, so this is actually really exciting because I've never done an, an episode with two guests before, but... Um, I would love to have both of you just kind of introduce yourselves, um, whoever wants to go first. Um, Shall I? I'll go first. Okay. So yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Melissa. I am 17 years old. I'm currently a high school senior and I live in Tokyo, Japan. Um, So yeah, I am the founder and director of Urge Power and I've been doing this for the past two to three years. So yeah. So hello to those who don't know me. My name is May, and I was diagnosed with cerebral palsy at a young age. I recently graduated from U of T Scarborough. I am here to represent Org Power as an educational research director, and I reside in Toronto. All right, awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for the introductions. Um, I really can't wait to get to know you guys both and really just dive into this incredible organization that you two have helped build up. Um, so I guess, firstly, I guess I have a question for Melissa. Um, this organization that you started is entirely focused on disability activism. And so I'm kind of wondering what the starting point was for you when you realized that this was just a really important issue to you that you wanted to help combat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess to begin with, this is a story that I actually don't tell very often, but um, the first time that I actually met someone with a disability was my cousin, and that was when I was around five. And before that, I'd never met someone with a disability. And I think looking back, you know, that I realized that I was in a really enclosed environment for the first five years of my life, and it was really shocking to me. And I think that led me to wanting to know more about this community and why they're not often seen out in public, especially in Asia. And, you know, fast forward, when I entered high school, um, I joined my school's community service organization. And that's when I started volunteering weekly for projects such as like sign language cafe, um, teaching English to people who are visually impaired, and this motor development program. And I think through that, I formed like really amazing relationships that I've been like deprived of, you know, with my cousin. And I think that's when I really yeah, want, that's definitely like a realization point where I was like, oh, I really want to advocate for the disability community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for you, May, did you also join the organization with Melissa when it first started or did you kind of join later on? So funny story. Great question. I actually knew Lillian, who was interviewed and she's a mutual friend, so she was also interviewed by Melissa at the time. And from then, I was serving Org Power as a fellow supporter to my friend and the organization. And a few days later, I see a recruitment post. I was like, okay, I got to take my chances here. And, you know, spoken to the team. And I was really happy to get in because I took that chance to bring forward my passion as a self-advocate for the disability community. Even if I live in Toronto, I could be advocating for any disability community anywhere I am happy to do that and that brought me to where I am and who I am today at Orid Power yeah awesome yeah absolutely I love that um and I definitely want to return to that and kind of uh, better understand your background with that as well um but 
focusing more on this organization of yours. I'd love to know, Melissa, what kind of inspired you to first start this project specifically and what your mission really is all about. Yeah. So kind of going back to like the end of my story, um, when I was in high school, I, I am still in high school, but I spent a lot of time at Mojo Development Program. And this is a program where I help kids with intellectual disabilities get physical exercise. And through that, I formed really amazing relationships. And, you know, I really wanted to know them on a personal level. And I've also realized that throughout my whole life, I've gone to schools that do not have that many students with disabilities. And I realized a lot of my peers also felt pretty hesitant when approaching a a disabled person. And also in history classes, um, the history classes that I've taken, you know, racial discrimination and gender inequality is often taught, but not once in my life have I been taught about the history of disability rights and the legal challenges that the disability community have faced. And there's just so much history and story behind all of this that needs to be spotlighted. And I think, you know, all that combined, I truly just wanted my disabled friends to be seen as equals. And I think that's why I started Urge Power, to really share with society that, you know, hey, these people all have dreams, passion, challenges, just like anyone. And I really wanted to get their stories out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love that. I think you know, the work that you're doing with Orange Power is super, super important and incredible. So like for the both of you, I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. Um, And so I think it'd be pretty cool to learn more about some of the specific projects and work that you've done so far through this organization. um, And maybe just hear about, you know, some of the recent ones or even some of the ones that you started with. Yeah. Um, So our main project is basically to conduct interviews with people, and this is where we really want to showcase each individual's originality and what they bring to society, and just spread awareness on various topics um, in the disability community, and we do that through our educational resource guide, so that's basically what May does. Um, And yeah, May, do you want to take over from here? Oh, yes. Uh, So I would say that all the projects and stories are amazing and well presented so far. I had a lot of fun making them and even collaborated with Melissa and other team members with the um, educational guides. Mm -hmm. I personally felt connected to the guides that were talking about mothers with disabilities or finding more accessible ways to make places accessible through crowdsourcing research, just basically asking around people and making sure that they can identify if a place is accessible or not. And I also wrote uh, papers within those topics through my academic years. So it kind of personally um, yeah, hit into my, my lifestyle as well. <laughs> mm. Yeah, adding on. Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. No, no, no. Yeah, okay, I'll go ahead. Um, adding on to that. Um, um, yeah, I definitely love just interviewing people because I think not only does it like form new relationships, but I really get to know them more and also learn more about the disability community and one of my favorite projects that I've done is um, over the summer, this summer, I was able to create this sign language cafe video for this sign language cafe in Tokyo. And they're like a soup based cafe, but all the staff members are deaf, so they communicate by uh, sign. And that, that was really cool because I was able to get like a classmate of mine who is a videographer and he put together this video with me and um, the interview was done in sign language. So not only was it a way to you know, communicate the story behind this cafe, but also promote the language of sign language. So that was, I think stories like that is really what makes our organization unique. 
Wow. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I think that's super incredible. Um, and you kind of talked a little bit about, you know, one of the favorite projects that you've done in the past. Um, and I think it'd be pretty cool to kind of hear from both of you some of your other favorite stories or even interviews that you guys have conducted. Um, just any that have really spoken to you or inspired you. Yeah, mate, you can go first. <laughs> so I've interviewed two people so far for the organization. I've saw many other interviews being made by other team members alongside with um, Melissa herself. I think, um, yeah, it, it's a good way to know about the stories of certain people that you know in your little circle of friends. I know the two people I interviewed were actually friends of mine, and I learned so much just by sitting down and, and asking them questions that I didn't know uh, myself when I was, like, being friends with them. So having that conversation is really empowering, and I never knew that the life that they had was really challenging because they always show a perspective of positivity so that is what I took away from the interviews. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of same here. I've interviewed a, quite a lot of people. Um, all of them, you know, are so unique in their own ways and like so original in their own ways. So it's really hard to pick one favorite. But, you know, some that I really love doing is like one, his name is Basu Sojitra and he's an adaptive skier for the North Face. Um and what's so amazing about him is, like, obviously not only is a skier, but he really embraces his Indian-American identity. So, you know, um, while he's not skiing, he's really advocating for, you know, racial injustice. And I think that aspect is, like, so needed in our society right now. Um, and also another one that I've loved is Uyanga Erdenbold. And she's a Mongolian, Mongo she's a lady from Mongolia, but she actually is blind and she left Mongolia when she was after graduating high school to pursue a college degree in the U.S. and she only had the aid of her guide dog and I thought you know like being alone and just going to a country where you don't speak the language of is obviously already really scary but I think mm -hmm. you know she's someone who truly shows that education is so rewarding and um, I think stories like that is you know shows why that disabled why disabled people are such an integral part of my part of our community and I think through these stories like they show that you know we're not seeking sympathy rather we just want the society to know that we're people who have you know once again like passions dreams and we are such an integral part of society so yeah mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I, I definitely agree with that I think you know those stories that you both told are super incredible um, and honestly I think that just definitely goes to show how important it is to have conversations like that um, and like May said you know, she didn't even know some of these things until she had these conversations with her friends. So I think that's super incredible. Um, and actually, as a question for May, as the educational resource director of this organization, um, I think it'd be cool to hear about some of the responsibilities that you hold, uh, maybe some of the work that you've done for the organization and how you feel this work um, or how you how it feels doing this work, advocating for disability rights as someone with a disability. Oh yes, happy to share that. So an overall of, as an educational research director, uh, Melissa, you can jump in if I miss anything, but I manage um, researching and designing educational guides and infographics for uh, 
to educate and present originality among people with disabilities to the general public for org power. And basically those were presented either on the website of org power and on the social media. I also supervise or manage and help out uh, in interviews, like finding people for interviews, attending meetings, and this podcast as well. Um, and despite being behind the scenes of creating like content for Art Power, I feel like, um, and also being the one person out of the whole team with a physical disability was quite surprising as well. Um, I am not like, I feel like I'm not only doing this for myself, but for other people with disabilities, where uh, helping others in, in return is enough to make me like keep being dedicated and confident in my prevention. Uh, my prevent my profession mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah absolutely yeah thank you so much for sharing i i definitely think that's incredible and i think you're both doing a lot of really amazing work with orge power um and i know that also starting a project as big as this can take a lot of work um and you know it's not always super easy to do something like this um so talking more about some of the specific obstacles you guys have faced in the past Um, whether personal or related to developing this organization, I guess starting with Melissa, um, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges that you faced starting Orange Power and running it? Yeah, so I started Orange Power August of 2020. And, you know, I've always known that, you know, I want to do something related to advocating for disability inclusion, but I definitely had a hard time, you know, pinpointing like what specifically I want to do. But, you know, once I got that down, um, it was fine. But then, I was running Ridge Power for by myself for about a year, and that was definitely really difficult um, because, one, there's still so much for me to learn about the disability community in general, so I obviously needed others to educate me on this topic, too. Um, but also, I think finding a group of people who are willing to work long-term, that was definitely one of the hardest things, and obviously now I have people like May and like other people on our team just like so amazing but I think before that it was so hard because obviously I have to manage school but also you know like keep up with the interviews and educational resource guides and a lot of times I was falling behind and it was just becoming not a consistent process and I think you know that was definitely a struggle before finding uh, my team and another one is I think this is one that we're still working on which is like expanding our audience to distribute information and guides that we have because you know we're making these guides and these interviews to uh, share with our society and community and if it's not reaching out if if it's not reaching to them then there's kind of like not no point but you know we want this information to be really spread so um I think that's definitely something that we're still working on but I think with a team that obviously makes things a lot easier so yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um and I guess for May as a woman with cerebral palsy how would you say that that has also affected your life or specifically posed any obstacles of any sort um, or even any struggles that you faced helping to run this organization. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd just love to hear any of that that you'd like to share. All right. So first of all, I want to say like, Melissa, thank you for like having this organization. I always like remind her that it's a great organization to have. And uh, so for my biggest challenge when navigating life in zero policy, it is the fact of it's funny to not fall when I'm in public. There's possibilities where if I get too nervous or I get distracted, I might like lose my balance. But so far, so good. 
Um, and just having to prove to society, I know society now is really just meant judgmental or self-oriented in their own lives. And I can understand that because it's human nature. Um, to prove that I contribute to society, I always have to constantly remind myself that I have some purpose in, the, in this world. And through that, I speak upon other people with disabilities' lives to make me feel like I'm doing something empowering for them, but also for myself. And those are through written or verbal experiences. But so far, I've been really proud of my accomplishments so far. Um, I went to the university I wanted to be. I'm doing something that I really want to do in this organization. And uh, I wish that you know, in further years, I could be talking about my story and, and motivating a lot of other people with disabilities, whether it's women or men. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think you two are both like really amazing role models. Um, and you have a lot of amazing stories of your own to share. So I think that's super duper cool. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys so much again for sharing. And I know that along with these challenges, um, there often come a lot of learning opportunities, a lot of room for growth as people. Um, and so I think I would love to kind of hear about some of the best or most important ways you think you've grown from either running this organization or just, you know, developing it in the first place. Yeah, um, I think I think this kind of goes back to like the challenge, but I really realized that, you know, you can't do things just by yourself like you're always going to need a support system and that's definitely something that I've realized so much while like creating this organization is that you know you really need a support system and honestly like everyone who supported this organization like I'm so grateful to you know even with this podcast like the fact I'm on this podcast I think is I feel so grateful for and obviously with May like I'm so grateful that you know she dedicates her time doing this and um I think, but also I think the power of like connecting with people, that's such a big mission of our organization, which is like our mission is to like really connect people, you know, whether you have a disability or not. So we can create an inclusive society. And I think the power of like connecting people through stories and, you know, it doesn't have to be like local, like we don't all have to live in the same country, but, you know, even if it's like digital, if you have access to those resources, like the power of connecting people, like, uh, you know, previously I did not know much more much about, but after creating this organization, like, yeah, I'm, like, really fascinated by that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And for May, were there any uh, really important ways that you've grown as well throughout this time running this organization? So as a person with disability, people might say that I should know everything about my disability or everything about living with a disability, but I don't have all the answers to everything that I get in terms of questions so having this organization um, made me more interested in researching more about people with disabilities and educating those who do not identify with a disability so they can learn and possibly you know share with their other friends that these are things that we need to you know be mindful of and this is how we could change the future based on these information and they could also have a conversation if they had like families or friends with people with disabilities as well. Um, I did have a great feeling of learning something new. I know that it's like funny to not know everything, but 
the learning process is pretty fun. Yeah, quickly adding on, um, I'm not a person with a disability, so I think, you know, this is obviously this is a topic that I'm really passionate about, but there's still so much for me to learn. And I think with May's like resource guides and um, other like organizations that also advocate for disability inclusion, like I've learned so much about this community. And um, I think that's definitely one of the most rewarding experiences. Um, But yeah, once again, there's still so much for me to learn. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think what both of you said is really incredible and empowering. Um, I definitely think that, you know, taking on a project like this definitely comes with both challenges and, you know, like you said before, um, kind of these opportunities to constantly learn. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know that both of you are just incredible change makers. And not only do you involve yourself in this work specifically with Orange Power, but also just advocating for different causes, doing volunteer work outside of this as well. Um, For example, I know that for you, Melissa, you not only advocate for disability inclusion, but you also do work advocating against, you know, gender inequality, um, sexual assault. And so I think it'd be pretty cool to learn about, you know, some of the work that both of you do outside of Orange Power um, and kind of why specifically you advocate for this change. Yeah, so... um as a woman, I'm really passionate about gender inequality, like fighting against gender inequality and sexual assault. Um, And I think that comes from like, you know, growing up in Asian countries, I've definitely felt a strong sense and witnessed gender inequality. For example, Japan is actually ranked, I think around like 120th out of 156 countries in the gender gap report. And it's still a really big issue here in Japan, um, since Japan has a culture of not speaking up and, you know, like people want to be obedient um so to address that i joined girl tokyo which is like a really big organization of united nations but you know they have that like scattered all across different countries and um girl up tokyo was created last year um so it's pretty new and um so yeah i've worked on several projects such as like panel discussions informational videos and so on so that's definitely like an organization that i really enjoy working on and um you know, something that I definitely want to continue even after I graduate high school. Um, And yeah, but about sexual assault. So um, the train in Japan is the most popular mode of transportation, but unfortunately it also happens to be the place where women are sexually assaulted on a daily basis. So as a person, so myself, I I ride the train really often. Um, I have to be very conscious of like what I wear and like I constantly carry the fear of riding the train. And I think this is something that I really want to change because like one the country rarely make law reforms and it takes years to punish like a perpetrator in japan but two like you know i hate seeing like young girls like girls who are younger than me like you know going to school so they ride the train but um you know like possibly getting sexually assaulted and i think i just feel so like i don't even like yeah i obviously feel really uncomfortable and just feel so much for them um and i think that's also another reason why there's like so many unreported cases in japan too so um, I joined Space to Speak, which is, like, a youth-led organization um, run by Maya, Maya Siegel, and she's, like, amazing change maker. But, um, yeah, so we work on a lot of, like, educational resource guys, um, but also we've done, like, collaborations with Bumble. Um, yeah, it's a really amazing organization. But, yeah, definitely issues like that I'm super passionate about, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds amazing. I absolutely love that. And, again, you're making really incredible change, so that's super awesome. Um, and for May, do you also do some of this other work as well, advocating for change? 
Uh, yes, it, during my university years, I've made several speeches. I think around five to eight speeches talking about accessibility in terms of education, accessibility in terms of new students going to university and how to present their accommodations and how to reach out to people without being a burden. I was also invited to a live presentation just two, one year ago where they told me to share my life, lived experience as a person with a disability and how I navigate myself in an in a institution that is very diverse and very dynamic and challenging at the same time. And what advices that I should make for all campuses to have. And so some of the examples I presented was to make accommodations available to all students. I, because we need to make a world where it's not really segregated. I think accommodations are usually for accessibility people. Right? And so that makes the person who needs the help feel very um, segregated, which might make them feel uncomfortable, um, as well as the proven uh, documents to, in order to get the accommodations can be tough as not everybody has their doctor if they were an international student or they may not have a doctor for some reason. Um, so that really changed how I am now. I was really not really social. I was really close-minded, um, but with these live presentations, and events that I've been invited to, I was able to speak out and voice my concerns and uh, stories to people. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you guys are definitely doing some really, really amazing work. So I absolutely applaud you. And I really can't wait to see what you guys do in the future as well. And actually kind of speaking of that, I think it'd be pretty cool to learn about any future plans that you guys have for your organization and even for yourselves yeah um definitely there's so so much room for improvement and urge power and like so many more projects that we want to do so definitely something that um some things that are in mind right now is like to collaborate with other organizations um you know possibly plan some like fun virtual get-togethers whether it be like a dance party book club you know just really get the abled and disabled community together um and one thing that I've actually really been thinking about is like possibly turning this platform like urge power um, into a platform where we can connect disabled people with social and employment opportunities so because um, I know employment is definitely a really big issue in the disability community um, mm -hmm. and also expanding the organization more globally and increasing our audience um, and something that I've also been thinking about is passing leadership positions to people who have disabilities because I think at the end of the day um, they are the most knowledgeable about the disability community um, since they experience it themselves like I will forever I will, I will forever be an ally and be there every step of the way but you know I will never truly understand what they go through mm -hmm. yeah I love that I, uh, I think you put that in a really beautiful way um, and May do you have anything to add on to that as well so far, the ideas that Melissa said is very good. Um, I think the one thing that I was 
that I would add is um, maybe some sessions where we do like live with people with disabilities um, talking to us and how they want to speak out on a specific issue. And later on, maybe if it is um, a rising issue, I could actually make a guide for it as well and expand the content. Because I know that based on my personal experience, other people to disabilities might not feel the same way. So I might be missing a lot of other topics that I haven't covered. And having that is it's very helpful in terms of expanding what we can do in the organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's super incredible. And again, I'm definitely excited to see what you guys do in the future. Um, yeah, and I guess just to end for today, just to kind of wrap things up, I think it would be super awesome to have both of you give some last pieces of advice or just share anything else that you've learned from your experiences. Um, just any advice either to young girls out there hoping to create change like yourselves um, or even any advice for young women with disabilities of any sort. Um, we can start with Melissa and then move on to May. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is definitely so important um, because I truly believe that like youths have so much power to create change but yeah I think definitely when you find the topic that you want to advocate for there should be a story behind it and it doesn't have to be a long and you know very personal story but I think one that explains why you would dedicate all your time doing it um and I think if you just wake up one day and decide oh like you want to advocate against climate change with no specific reason it's definitely not going to be and I think the resources that we have right now especially on social media and online if you have access to those we all possess the power to you know be society's change makers and i truly believe i truly believe that it's definitely not an immediate process and you can't do it just by yourself but i totally believe that it's possible and um if you have the vision and passion it sounds cliche but i definitely think it's possible so yeah mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, and May, any advice from you? So my several advice is just be yourself. Um, I always tell myself that having a disability is a gift. I wouldn't be the person I am today if I didn't have a disability. I know that sounds very, <laughs> very, um, what's it called? cheesy but you know if, if I had didn't have a disability I would be going somewhere else I would not be um, thinking about these types of topics uh, just be mindful that they're good and tough times like anybody else and as a woman I would say that even having a disability and being a woman and going into certain activities in the world there's going to be challenges adding on to those because you have a disability and you're a woman and these like interconnect as well. Um, but also like just keep making new friends. Like there's people out there that are willing to be your friend, learn about you, don't be afraid to declare who you are. And you don't have to always declare your disability. You are not entitled to um, and if people don't really want to accept that, then it is their right to do, but it's not your right to say that it is your fault. So those are several advice that I would give. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Really amazing advice from both of you. I think that's a beautiful place to end for today. Um, And I guess before we actually end completely, I'd love to give you guys the chance to shout out maybe any platforms or social media. Um, Yeah, just before we completely end. Yeah, so if you want to learn more about Urge Power, you can always visit our website, which is urgepower.org. Um, and our Instagram, which is urgepower underscore. Um, my personal account is Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A um, dot Chang, C-H-A-N-G, but with two Gs at the end. Um, and yeah, like feel free to contact if there's anything related to like youth advocacy or any, you know, societal issues. I'm always like super interested, something that I'm really passionate about. So, yeah. I guess for me, I would say that my own tag is Tachimi underscore me but I will send the details as well. And uh, if you want to just have somebody to talk to you about anything that you want to talk about, I am also here as well. Yeah, awesome. Thank you guys so much again for just speaking with me today and just for sharing your incredible stories and experiences. I think this will be super valuable for the audience. Thank you so much for having us. It was so wonderful. Thank you, Aline, for organizing this.